0: back good jam for sean engel right there sean engel producing today great music as always We've got emory hunt coming on here to talk a little nfl draft emory uh you are here man so thanks for joining us i appreciate it excited for next thursday me you and dane
1: appreciate you guys having me on
0: yeah you excited for next thursday me you and dane live in studio
1: absolutely man you know it's, it's almost a uh... Uh, almost that time, and I'm kind of glad for it
0: to be over with, to be honest. Yeah, I, yeah, you're <laughs> breaking down hundreds of players. Uh, I, I would imagine why you'd be exhausted. So, um, so I'm going to give you a couple of questions right off the bat. Um, your former football player played at University of Louisiana Lafayette. Go Raging Cajuns, right? Uh, right. So, voluntary workout for Jalen Ramsey and Telvin Smith. They both no-show. Everybody else is there. But Coughlin, I don't think he named them by name, but he effectively called them out for not being there. Um, There's an implication that they're not dedicated because they're not at a voluntary workout. I'm defending them, saying it's voluntary. It's in the CBA. They don't have to be there. It doesn't mean that they're not dedicated football players, especially, especially those two guys. What are your thoughts on that?
1: I learned right away in college that voluntary didn't mean voluntary. Um, right. I'm a true freshman. Uh, it's summer workout, so it's two days, and you know, practice. You know, you practice in the morning, you film study all afternoon, mid morning, afternoon. Then you have workouts, then you have the second practice. So when there was older, you know, workouts at that point was voluntary. I was like, all right, cool. I could, you know, I'll probably just take this one off and, and just go rest in the locker room, like take a nap in the locker room. And so I didn't go to the, this was like the first week. So I didn't go to a workout. And the strength coach came in there and was like, what are you doing screaming? And I'm like, man, this is voluntary. You said, you know, so I, I'm, I'm trying to try to catch up. And so you, you know, you, you've been, he was ostracized at first. Cause was like, Oh, wow. so now from that point on, I, everything else voluntary. I, I just went like, you know, because I, I knew, like, dang, if it was voluntary, it didn't mean voluntary. And, and even our coach joked on, um, this was the first week of, like, uh, in Louisiana, we start early. Uh, you know, we start in August, so so we're in school for about a good two and a half weeks before Labor Day, and so here is our chance to get a break because you know it's Labor Day is going to be a holiday. And Coach will get, get everybody up. It was like, you know, guys, you know, we got Labor Day coming up, but, you know, and you got know, all from school. But guess what labor means? Work. So we're going to have practice yeah. that day. I'm like, hey, you've got to be kidding. So I just automatically assume anything that was football-related, you have to go. There was no if ands, or buts about it.
0: Yeah, I, I, I get that. I, I think it's just, you know, with guys that are now veterans, for them to take a, you know, a voluntary weekend off. To your point, I, I guess the assumption is that, it ain't voluntary, but it's it's what was negotiated in the CBA, so I, I'm not going to hammer those guys for missing it. Now, second uh, second rapid-fire thing. Uh, the Raiders and the scouting situation, sending the scouts home. They're worried about leaks in the building. It sort of does make sense to me, um, and I think you'll probably see a story the day after the draft is over that the Raiders have released some scouts um, from their services. Uh, pink slip them. Uh but I don't think it's terribly unusual based on the other things that I've read, but it does it does give you some sense that there's still some holdovers from the Reggie McKenzie era that probably are going to be out of a job soon.
1: Yeah, this seems like it's part of the course for scouts. You always hear about it right after the draft, you know, they'll let the guys set up the board and, you know, grade the guys that they've been working on all year and then right after that they go ahead on and um, you know, make the make the moves and, and bringing their own guys. And, this you know, it's understandable, part of the course. But I think people are making a big deal of it now because of who it is and who's doing the, the cuts and, and changes. So, the, the, to me, it's much ado about nothing because we've seen this happen year in, year out. It's just that it's because it's the Raiders, it's because it's John Gruden, it's because it's a new GM yeah. like Mayock that everyone is going to make a big deal out of it. But really it's something that happens at this time each and every year.
2: So, uh, Emery, thanks for coming on. And uh, sticking with the Raiders, uh, you know, Mike and I were just uh, talking about uh, Derek Carr. Uh, what, what's your gut feeling about what the Raiders are going to do in terms of uh, you know, addressing the quarterback position in this draft? I mean, do you think that uh, Derek Carr's uh, days are numbered <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know— who, who do you think that the uh, the Raiders might target in this draft if they are looking for their quarterback in the future? You think they might maybe, uh, you know, address that in this draft?
1: You know, I, I think I don't I don't think Derek Carr is that big of an issue for the Raiders, to be honest. And I think when, you know, when people talk about, you know, the Raiders probably taking a quarterback with one of their three picks or even in day two. When was the last time we saw John Gruden operate with a rookie quarterback or have the patience? to deal with the young rookie quarterback, every quarterback he had in Tampa and in Oakland was an older veteran. And even when he got a young guy, Chris Sims, he hammered him so hard. He was yanking him every other game, every other series uh, to go to a veteran. So I don't think Gruden doesn't even have the patience for a rookie quarterback. Uh, You know, so I think if anything, he's probably going to, if he's going to move car, it's going to be for an older veteran. So um, I, I just think that that probably is the biggest smoke screen of, the, the most identifiable smokescreen of the whole draft process you people putting a quarterback with the Raiders without really addressing that John Gruden pretty much hates the rookie quarterback. <laughs>
0: it's a good point. I do think this gives him a cushion year where Carr could be on the team for this year and he could take a guy for, you know, he could take a Daniel Jones or a Drew Locke if they fall uh, a little bit later down to him with one of those uh, top 35 picks but um, you know a guy we've talked about a whole bunch <clears throat> and again this is Emory Hunt you can f- find him on Twitter at FBallGamePlan you'll see him live on air with me next Thursday uh, for our coverage of the first round of the NFL draft along with Dane Martinez uh, our man Spit and Speed so Ed Oliver was a guy we've talked about through the draft and Emery you and I probably talked about it on here two months ago We thought that teams would come to their senses, and it seems like mock drafts are finally moving him into that top 10, even all the way up to the Jets at number three. Um, Do you think he's worthy of a top three pick?
1: I think so. And I made this point uh, on a show I was on yesterday evening, you know, uh, because they asked the question whether or not you would go interior pass rusher or interior D lineman or out, you know, exterior, you know, edge rusher. I'm thinking, well, you know, The closer you are to the ball, the more impact you have on a game. And that's guards in the guard, D-tackle, Mike Backer, quarterback, running back. So with that being a backdrop, you look at Ed Oliver, you look at Quentin Williams. Those two guys, and we've seen how disruptive, when he was at his best prior to the injury, how disruptive Geno Atkins was of the Bengals, and now how disruptive a guy like Aaron Donald can be uh, on your defense, when you have someone that's that explosive off the ball, like the Ed Oliver, that's so quick to get into the backfield, and, and and so versatile, it really throws off not only your blocking assignments, your protections, but also your your rushing rushing block your run blocking assignments as well. So one of the worst things a quarterback can face is quick interior pressure, and it's also one of the worst things a running back can see too. When you see a your your guard. Get whipped pretty quickly by a defensive tackle, and he's in the backfield. If it's an edge rush guy, you know you have an ability to, you know, at least make him miss because of where you are on the field and where he is, and how you know the how far he has to get to you. Was well, even if it's only like a yard and a half, you know that's enough room to make that guy miss. But a defensive tackle that gets into the backfield quickly throws off everything. So I can understand if a team like Arizona maybe took Quentin Williams or. At Oliver over a guy like Nick Bosa or Sean Gary or Josh Allen, because of what we're seeing now, uh, more so in the NFL with, with those defensive tackles. Even go going back a few years with Warren Sapp, that's what made him special. How quickly he can get into the backfield, and you don't have to be quick. You could be strong and brute force, like an endomachon too Those guys, if you're able to, you know, exploit the interior defense quickly, uh, with whether it's with strength or, or speed you're going to be highly valuable in the NFL. So, Emory, uh, the,
2: the, the first round, plenty of great defensive players. If teams are looking to uh, upgrade at their offensive line, plenty of players that they could, they could focus on. Uh, turn our attention to the running backs. Um, uh, who do you think, what, what teams do you think has the, the most need for one? Like, is it going to be uh, the Bills? Do you think the Jags uh, look to, to maybe move on from Leonard Fournette? Uh, you know, they, they, they look to see what, what's been going on with him. And, and I, I know based on previous appearances, you, you, you like Daryl Henderson, if I'm not mistaken. And Josh Jacobs, probably one of the first running backs to go off, uh, you know, be drafted. Any other guys that we should be looking
1: for? Dexter Williams is another one out of Notre Dame. I, I don't think a lot of people are, are talking enough about him like because him. of what <laughs> the table. He has the same element of a Daryl Henderson, the explosive element to hit the home run. And, and, you know, you look at a couple of teams that could fit that mode. Houston could use a, tailback, a starting tailback. Um, Lamar Miller is a good player, but Lamar Miller sometimes can go non-existent in, in within a game. Um, and also has those nagging injury issues. So I would say Houston could be in a market for one. Um, you, you mentioned Jacksonville. I think they're in a market for RB2, which could probably be uh, Taylor May for a guy like Dexter Williams or even a Josh Jacobs, to be honest. You know, I, I think Jacobs would be best in a tandem role as opposed to being a league dog. Uh, you could also make a case for Detroit. I know they drafted a guy last year, but to me, you know, once you, he was he had injury concerns in college, and he missed some time as a rookie uh, with Andrews. So I would say Detroit could be in the market for one as, as well. Uh, Buffalo is a good option because they, they have two veteran guys on the, you know, on the downside of their career, although they're really good backs and future Hall of Famers. They're 30-plus, they're so I think mm-hmm. Buffalo could be in the market uh, as well. So those are some teams, I think, right off the top of my head that can be in the market for uh, tailbacks pretty early, including the Philadelphia Eagles.
0: So a couple of guys that, I'm sure we'll talk about on Thursday, but may not get drafted on Thursday in that first round that I wanted to talk about. I'm just curious if you think that these guys will creep into the first round. I'm just going to throw out a couple of offensive players here. Irv Smith, tight end from Bama. Nikhil Harry. uh, Miles Sanders. Paris Campbell. um, I'll give you one more. Uh, Jay Sternberger. Those types of guys, any of those guys first-rounders to you?
1: I think the two receivers in in Campbell and Harry could potentially be first-rounders. I think they're first-rounders. If I had a need for a receiver, I would take Harris Campbell and also kill Harry in in round one. I think Baltimore would be a good spot for either one of those guys. you look at Kansas City, maybe they don't go receiver early. Um, but you know, in, sec- in the second round, I think the good receiver and-, and a guy like Terrace Campbell in that offense would be ideal. Um, you also look at Indianapolis could be a spot for a receiver. Uh, Houston could totally be a agree. spot for a receiver uh, because of Will Fuller's injury history. So mm-hmm. there are some teams in there that could be, and you know, could be ideal landing spots. Buffalo uh, could be a spot for a-, a playmaker receiver if they trade down. If they don't want to take a receiver that high, the Raiders. Uh, could be an option. So I think you may see the two receivers going round one. And I like that you brought up Jay Sternberger because, to me, if you're looking for a guy that, that, that fits today's NFL as far as a route runner and what he can do after the catch, he's kind of like Noah Fant in that regard. And we know how guys are infatuated with the, with the tight end position that can also serve as a pseudo receiver. So it, it all depends on where how high – and Hopkinson go if they both go in round one, because that may start the run on the tight end position, which could also drag up Irv Smith, like you mentioned, and also Jay Sternberger. So
0: you got Sternberger. Real quick, Joe. Sorry to interrupt. Uh, go ahead. No, Sternberger no, no. And, and JJ Arcega-Whiteside are two guys that seem like they're just going to fall into round two, and feel like you'd almost be better waiting for one of those guys than maybe taking somebody like DK Metcalf, who's obviously really impressive physically but didn't produce and our sega white side is like the chris carter of college football and he does his catch touchdowns like productive guys like that may be much better value in round two than reaching and getting somebody in round one
1: well that's why if you're a team like baltimore that has a serious deficiency at the receiver position and you want to help build around your young franchise quarterback lamar jackson you probably want to find a way to trade back into round two because they don't have a second-round pick. They have a third-round pick and a first. And try to get a guy like a J.J. White whiteside in round two, the couple with the guy you just chose in round one, whether that's D.J. Metcalf or uh, Nikhil Harry. You get those two guys along with what they did last year with the tight end position, and now your offense is, is ready to go, you know, on the perimeter, on the interior, and we know what they have in the backfield with Mark Ingram, and if they're able to add, a complimentary back with some speed to Mark Ingram. Uh, I think that right there could also be a recipe for success and have their offense rival with the Browns have put together on paper this offseason.
2: So, uh, Dolphins need to fill, obviously, a lot of holes on their team. Put yourself in 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 their place. I mean, what do you do with this thirteenth uh, pick? Do you do you trade it so that you can just accumulate as many picks as possible? Uh, and if so, like, what what do you focus on? Like, is it defense that you you build this t- this team around? Or I mean, it's a fairly weak uh,
1: quarterback class. What do you do here? If I'm Brian Flores and I just watch one of my closest friends and Steve Wilkes get fired in one season. Hmm. Because of inadequate quarterback play, and people talk about, oh, what well, the Dolphins can tank for Tua. I'm not going into the season with Ryan Fitzpatrick as my quarterback because I just seen my friend get fired after one year of being, you know, a, a bad team because his quarterback wasn't adequate, despite having Larry Fitzgerald, Christian Kirk, David Johnson, all these good players around. They say they didn't have weapons, so I would be hard pressed to see them not take a quarterback at 13. I don't care what people believe about Ryan Fitzpatrick and how much they love his press conferences and how open and honest he is about being overweight and eating cake and not working out in the offseason. If that was <laughs> any other quarterback, people would be up in arms. Imagine if Cam Newton had that same uh, issue, or imagine if any other quarterback <laughs> had agree. you know, agreed to be like, oh, yeah, I'm just chilling. I'm fake. Uh, so I think that's a spot where we may see a quarterback like Drew Locke get taken off the board, or if the Giants do the dumb thing and don't take the Dwayne Haskins at six, that's the spot where I believe Haskins can go, because I would be hard-pressed to see them go into a season with a guy like Ryan Fitzpatrick, knowing the guy that just got fired in, in his first year with the rookie quarterback that they took in the first round.
0: Agreed. I just think they need so many players. I, I could see them trading back for multiple picks and taking QB and somebody else maybe getting two, getting a couple of first round picks. Uh, uh, all right, we're going to break, but I'm going to give you five seconds to name one guy that we haven't talked about at all for these last two months that you love.
1: Jerry Tillery out of Notre Dame, defensive tackle. Ah, I think love,
0: he's it. Out love it. Love <laughs> it. Great job. All right, Emery, I'm going to see you in a few days, buddy. We'll talk uh, off air in these next couple of days. So that's Emory Hunt, F-ball game plan. We'll You'll see him soon on Thursday night, and we'll be right back.